can ever remember spending script. Many of these log companies, coal companies. <laughs> no, they're poor I have several companies here locally issued the stuff. We've got a few pieces up in the museum. There's some others I know about that I like to get. But, um, the Turkey Foot Lumber Company, I know, issued script. Several of the drugstores, I think King Cates had some at one time. Bachner and Barker down there had some. And a, I've got several pieces there. It's got Babyville on it. Just, are all of you familiar with script? And the only place you could store, I know you know what it was. And the only place you could spend it was a company store, and then they charged you three prices for it. Well, on Saturday, you could get cash and silver dollars, but the rest of the time, because they had a bus line that ran from McRoberts to Neon, the rest of the time, if you got script, you'd have to take it to the store. It was they paid you instead of paying you in dollar bills or money. They paid you in script, and that way, then you had to spend it at their store. At their yes. store. It's coin shaped. <coughs> it, it, they're usually made out of copper or brass or, or any combination of two or three of those metals. They made the the sizes I've seen range anywhere from a penny up to a five dollar piece. I've got some down there in a museum. From Mine's and Linda's dad worked to anywhere from a penny to a five dollar piece. I've got uh, an exhibit of that down there, and then I've got exhibit just of local stuff from Lee County here that I found this area. You almost said it was paper too. I did for so They did have paper. They did have paper, but paper didn't last long. There's not much of it around. But, but we had checked internets and everything with some law and I back here earlier and. Coal companies used it all over the country, yeah. and uh, as far as we could tell, and uh, there's a great deal of attention paid toward collecting this stuff. Certain pieces from this mine or that mine sometimes bring $25, $30 a piece just one of those coins. As far as we know, there's three rolls of script in the United States that's never been opened up, never been or never been circulated. I've got two of them. They're both 50 cent rolls. They're 50 pieces in there. So. Well, what company? To what now? What company was the script? They're the Jewel, Jewel Ridge Coal Jewel Company. Jewel Ridge Coal Company out of Buckingham County, Virginia, where I got I got busy of trying to find Linda's dad worked there before he got into law enforcement. And here a few years ago, when that Beanie Baby thing was the rage, they put out these state bears. And in their hand, well, the reason they made them is so you could put a quarter in the bear's hand now. And I got to look at one uh, Labor Day weekend there, Linda's family found a reunion up there. And I found enough of the quarter pieces. I went and bought those beanie bears for the state of Virginia for all of them, gave them all a piece of that script. And I think in our dad's mind, apparently I just kind of got more interested in it and I've collected up quite a bit of that. And I, I've got several things out of Ledger County uh, from Seco up there and uh, consolidated and several. Did somebody tell you the other day they had a purple cow piece? I've got a purple cow piece. I've got one piece. Purple cow, purple cow restaurant grocery store. Oh. And, uh, like, why would they have script? Well, it was uh, 
cheaper than money, I guess, to make, but uh, the, the, the advantage was it was the company's advantage. They had company stores, most of them. Now, we, you we had to store. You, you couldn't divide at any other store. You had to spend the store. It was, well, it was a method of control. It was yeah. a method of control, and a lot of times they would loan you in advance on your salary. See, mm -hmm. they pay you the script. They couldn't spend it no place else. Then they jack the prices up on you. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah but like, why would something like the Purple Cow have script? Was it like just a commitment to you? Well, there were several of these local. Uh, drug stores and lumber companies. Now, who was it the other day came in? They had a piece of Heidelberg Coal Company uh, script I saw the other day. And uh, I'm looking, kind of, now I've got one piece that said Banford, Kentucky on it, which is, I had Sam Todd one day, he was familiar with that area down there. He gave an old sled up there in his family farm down there. Well, that turkey put lumber company on that property down there one day. I asked Sam if he could show me where Banford was located, and he said, yeah. So we took off down through there. We was going down Sturgeon Creek there. He stopped right out there in a big mud hole right in the middle of the woods. He said, you're in downtown Banford. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, this turkey uh, coal mine, turkey foot. Turkey foot lumber company. What, lumber, what was that? That was down at uh, down Sturgeon Crestmont. They had you one know where biggest meal in the world. Lives? Tammy and Charles Savannah. Carolyn Combs. The foundation of that meal is still down there. Sitting out there right in the field, you can see it, you drive by. Used to be some of Rick, too. Is it yeah, still they, some of that? A lot of them still stand there. Tommy yeah. Turner, real estate. And, uh, um, his family. Yeah, yeah, he was raised there. Yeah, family. Uh, Carolyn Combs. Uh, well, who owned it originally? Who ran it? What was that family's name? You know, the doctor. Uh, Atkins for Dennis, Ritter, the Ritter Coal Company, and or Ritter Lumber Company, and Dr. Atkins, that dentist we had down there, that was his family or some of them. He had a book on that. Now they had a, they had a big lumber camp over at uh, Whitewood, Virginia, where, where Linda's from. Right? So we put in a whole lot of research on it at one time or another, and I talked Doc a lot about it. Now they had a they had a uh, lumber operation up in Prairie County at Leatherwood. That's when we found out. I went to school at Cornishville. He and I played basketball against each other when we were boys, about 10, 11 years old. I was going to school at Cornishville, and he was going to a little school called Daisy over toward Leatherwood over there. That turkey foot lumber company was just as modern as it could be. They had, they had electric and running water and stuff in their houses. In 1906 and seven, and all that. They even had a movie house. I don't know what they did for movie back then, but they had a golf course down there. They had all kinds of conveniences down there in that Christmas area down there. Huh. I've got some well, pictures of it, pictures of the train. They, they had a train, they called it the uh, uh, Rock Castle and no, Rock Castle, Cumberland, and Baileyville. Rockcastle Bayville Cumberland Railroad. And they were primarily a logging railroad and timber carrier. Um, Where did it, how did it get to Crestmont? The railroad spur? Uh, it it joined, it joined an item in Heidelberg down there. They, uh, they took lumber to the main line. Like the old there. bridge legs? Was that a railroad bridge or a road bridge? Now that, the bridge legs is still down there. There used to be two bridges right, right. side to side, a railroad bridge and a highway bridge. Yeah. 
You think was that the spur? In Heidelberg and also at the Idemay there at Crestmont. Yeah. They used to live in the river. in the river down there, down there at Idemay, down there between Idemay and Idemay. Now you can see them crawling in the river. If you paddle up Sturgeon Creek, Creek from the river, you go, you see more bridge legs that cross yeah. Sturgeon yeah. Creek before you get to the Crestmont, or before you get to the bridge there. Yeah, that old bridge was There's there when I was. Uh, teenager. Was it a railroad bridge? Or was it a No, bridge? I think it was just a car bridge. <coughs> okay. I fished down there a lot, the Lord, that was 50 years ago. Uh, got a whole lot of it done in there, but it, it was a very prosperous area. They had, that was uh, the only three story high mill that I know of. Cool. Now, there was a sewing factory in Heidelberg, too. Now, it was a two. I mean, it might have been three-story, but it was at least two. And uh, I don't remember it either. It's gone for they a lot of time. I just heard it was sewing. They had a cannon factory down there, in my understanding, too. If you ever went down there and looked at the museum, looked at those maps of Heidelberg that's on the wall there. I did, but I couldn't hardly make out where what was, you know, Might have stuff. to get you a stool. Yeah. <laughs> I could be a stool of magnifying glass, you know, but... Uh, I'd be interested. I'd, I'd love for someone to just take me driving sometime and just say, okay, this is where this was at, this is where this was at, you know. Well, you know, when, lived here. when Linda and I came back here, my stepdad was still in pretty good shape. He grew up down Fincastle, down to there, and the old railroad grade was still in fairly decent condition. And I took a pickup truck down there and just used the speedometer or odometer, whatever you want to call it on there. and. Uh, we drove, Dad showed me where old stores and stuff like that was, and who lived where, and I just made some sketched out a rough map of that area. But I'm thinking uh, that Heidelberg map there was prepared by the LN Railroad Company in 1931. And if they did that for Heidelberg, I would be, I'd be willing to bet to take one for every other little community like St. Helens and places like that around there. But people, when uh, when I talk about the railroad, now the railroad was one of the most ruthless companies that, that they've ever invented. Them people went into it from making money viewpoints there, and I mean, there's very little they wouldn't do to get right of ways and stuff of that nature. And I was just a kid, my dad belonged to the union that worked on the railroad there, and I read, they got this union paper, they called, it was just called Labor, that was, and I read that, and I, Realized when I was going through high school and started watching uh, news, we finally got TV and everything. Many, many times the railroad would go to Congress to bail them out. They'd go bankrupt and all this sort of stuff. And what all that amounted to was these uh, barons and railroad boards were sticking the money and the profits in their pocket. They weren't reinvesting nothing in the railroad. And when they wanted new stock and all that sort of stuff, they would go to Congress. Hey, you want to bail us out or we're going to close down here. But they have got a long track record of blackmailing the government and all that. And if you think that them fellas have got your best interest at heart, go down there and look at that big railroad map down there in the museum there. There's hundreds of railroads there across the state of Kentucky that they've closed on. Oh, when it quits being profitable, they will close it up. And they don't, they, when, they, when they're coming, they want to come into a community. They blow you full of all the smoke about civic duties and progress and helping the communities and all that sort of stuff. But now when they get ready to leave, it's strictly, strictly profit. Uh, they tried to close the 
track from Winchester up through Natural Bridge and Fincastle. They tried to close that for years. It was just it was open in 1890. They tried to close it for years, and especially in 1902, when they come through that Yellow Rock Tunnel and they start hauling coal toward Ravenna, they wanted to close that Natural Bridge route. But the government wouldn't let them. And uh, it was up to World War II, 1942. They finally said the railroad said, okay, you're desperate, you need steel and all that. We'll donate all that tracks, all that steel, if you'll let us close the railroad. That's how come that railroad got closed. It got closed from uh, uh, Fincastle to Winchester in 1942, but they kept it open at Fincastle on down to St. Helens and down there until 47, because they had that Cumberland gas plant down there where they shipped up all gas. I don't know that that I ever saw any uh, strictly railroad script now, but uh, the Turkey Foot was the lumber company's script. But I, I can remember just as a kid, why sometimes I, my grandmother remarried after my grandfather died of stomach cancer in '35, and I was just a, a boy in there and. Uh, late forties and stuff and uh, my papa or roller granny's second husband, he fought the uh, Muslims and the Nazis in North Africa and all that. Boy, he had some hairy tails when he'd get to boozing it up, which was often. He worked in the mine and uh, I can remember every time they'd set those sirens off, my grandmother Lord, she, she'd go to weeping and wailing, she'd grind out the sirens. She didn't know whether it was her or some of the other kin folks and all that. That's the thing that really impressed me when I went up to Mac Roberts and saw that little park there dedicated to all those miners and that. I was starting to remember how it was when I, I was just a kid, you know, and how it would affect the communities and everything when they'd have a cave-in in the mine. And, I, <coughs> and the number one cause of cave-ins, I think I wrote something about it the other day, is what they call kittle. You may have a petrified tree stump that's big around that thing out there, or big. And when when they would shoot with the powder or dynamite, now they shoot these veins of coal and stuff, loosen those things up. They may shore it up with timber, and then one day they'd just be back in there and earth and shift a little bit or something. And those things right there is what killed most of the people, those so-called yep. kill. kill bones.